Hi, I'm AJ Hogue, the author of Effortless English, Learn to Speak English Like a Native, and the father of the effortless English system that trains you, you, to speak English fluently, you speak English powerfully, you speak English effortlessly, confidently, you think in English, when you commit to my VIP program, you commit, don't quit, to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com Walk and talk As usual, walking with my baby girl This is kind of my daily exercise now So busy right now, so busy with the twin babies Oh my god the, the one who came home from the hospital, the boy, our baby boy, he's a lot of work right now. He's kind of, uh, he's like a newborn, like a complete newborn. You know, he's been in the hospital his first two and a half months of his life. So he's kind of starting from the beginning. So it's like having a complete newborn again, <laughs> plus our girl. So we're busy, 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 busy. Oh my God. Um, we're still managing to get some sleep by staying organized, but uh, it's very difficult, especially when one person is watching both babies. It's a lot of work, a lot of work. But anyway, we love them. It's worth it for those of you who are not sure about having kids. You know, I was not sure for a long time. But, Yes, there's some challenges and difficulties. I mean, we have twins and one of ours had a medical, serious medical problem, but it's still worth it, okay? You get through this stuff. You get through it and it has meaning. The difficulty has meaning. The difficulty has purpose. So it's different than just uh, struggling for no reason. So have kids. Have kids, have kids, have kids. Have lots of kids. And don't wait till you're 51 like I did. <laughs> but on the other hand, it's been a very powerful, for me, a very powerful motivation to be as strong and healthy as possible. Because, you know, I don't want my kids I don't want my kids to feel like they have an old dad, you know, because they do have an old dad, <laughs> in a way, you know, their dad's 51 years old when they're born, that's a lot, lot, lot older than my dad, my dad was, I think, 24 when I was born, so, pretty huge difference, so knowing that, you know, I don't want them to feel like growing up, like their dad is old and tired, you know, I want to have tons of energy for them. So I, ha the good news is that, you know, it's good for me and good for them is that it's a very powerful, very strong motivation now for me to be in a peak, you know, top condition, top fitness level, top health. I want to live as long and as strong as I can for them. And this is part of the motivation behind my fasting. I've, there's many parts of that motivation, but 
happy to say I'm down to 72.4. That's my weight today. 72.4 kilograms. I started at 80 kilograms at the beginning of the month. June 1st. It's June 19th. And I'm down to 74 and a half. 74. I mean 72. Sorry, 72. 72 and a half. 72.4. So I probably have another 3 or 4 kilograms to go. And then I will be lean, lean, lean. I will be as thin as I was in high school. Which is a nice level, you know. Fat is one measurement of fitness. It's not the only one. Of course, you can be really thin and still be unhealthy. Of course. But but fat is definitely unhealthy. <laughs> so get I want to get lean and stage 2, I'll continue doing some fasting, but less aggressively. I'll try to maintain my weight at that point, and then I'll try to build a little bit of strength and muscle. Uh, and I have a specific reason for building that strength, which I'll talk about in a minute. But anyway, the fasting's been going well. Just an update. I know some of you are quite interested, quite curious about all this fasting. So I did my... The last week or so of my fasting, I did... Uh, I did a dry fast for 48 hours. So 48 hours, no food and no water, nothing into my mouth. Then uh, that went surprisingly well, better than I expected. Um, And then the next step, what did I do? Oh, then I did a a 24-hour fast with the salt water, salt potassium water. And then just now, I'm just now today finishing another 48-hour fast, also on the salt water. I think I'll eat tonight, and then go into another dry fast. I think my next dry fast might be a little shorter, like 36 hours, or 40 hours, probably about 40 hours. I think I need a, a, uh, just to feel the best and keep going strong, I need a little bit more time before I eat to drink water and rehydrate, rehydrate. So I'll probably, my next fast will be 40 hours of dry fasting, no water, then eight more hours of just water, and then I'll eat. So a 48 hour fast with most of it dry. That's my next one I'm going to try. Overall, feeling very good. Very good, very clear-minded. Um, you know, the good thing about fasting, it has so many benefits. So many benefits. It's not just... Not just fat loss. I'm next to a busy road, so... A little noisy, sorry about that. But not just fat loss. Fat loss is one of the great benefits of fasting. It's an obvious one. You'll notice it. That's one you'll notice immediately. It's also something you can measure easily with a scale. Just weigh yourself each day and you'll see your weight dropping, dropping, dropping every single day. 
But beyond that, there are amazing health benefits of fasting. And I'm feeling those too. I just feel a greater energy. It's amazing. Like yesterday I was fasting and I went for a two-hour walk. Um, really a ruck at this point. I'm, ruck, I'm starting to ruck train. I'll tell you why in a second. But I'm carrying a heavier backpack now. I added some weight. So total I'm probably carrying right now, I don't know, 10, 10 kilograms. It's not a lot, but 10 kilograms, it's something. It's adding some decent weight. So that's my daughter is <laughs> like half of that. Plus, uh, plus the other half is in a backpack I'm carrying. So I'm, I'm ruck training. So I did that for two hours yesterday. Adding the weight just makes the walking a little more difficult. You burn more calories. You get more of a fitness benefit. Uh, works on strength a little more, you know. Works on uh, your back, legs, you know, shoulders, lots of muscles. Everything but the arms, really. So ruck training is really kind of my new uh, slow burn training. Not new, I've been doing it a while, but um, what I love about it, and especially now with the babies, is I can do it. Uh, it's just, it's so convenient. Like if I go jogging, I can't, it's difficult for me to jog with my babies. I know some people jog with strollers, they push, but I prefer just carrying my babies. So with ruck training, I can do it. I'm using, my babies are helping me train. They're adding the weight that I need. <laughs> And that brings me to the why. I've decided that I want to do a big family adventure. You know, one thing when you're leading a family, you've got to, it's just like leading any group, but more important, you know, you've got to kind of, what we call it in English, set the tone. It's kind of an idiom. Set the tone. Set the tone at the beginning. What does that mean? To set the tone. Set the tone means kind of create the beliefs. Create the expectations. Create the culture. So what it means is, so let's say a new coach comes into a team. Right? The old coach gets fired. The team's not doing well. So let's say soccer. So the new coach comes. In the beginning, he often will do some very strong actions to set the tone, right? It means he wants to come in and he wants to change the expectations. He wants to change the mindsets of the players because they've been losing, losing, losing. He has to come in and show, hey, things are different now, right? So he'll do some strong things. Maybe he'll uh, punish the star player for being lazy. Right? The old coach never did it. The star player could do anything. The new coach comes in and very purposely is tough on the star player. He's setting the tone. He's showing everybody, look, it's different now. This is our new way of playing. This is our new way of practicing. We're going to be more disciplined. Right? He's setting the tone. He's showing the new expectations, the new way. Well, I kind of feel like that as a family. We've got, a, we've got new babies, and right now, during this early newborn phase, with the one boy still having some health issues, um, we're kind of just surviving right now, <laughs> you know, doing our best. 
but I do not want to have this mindset forever. Once the babies are healthy, um, you know, what I want for my family, first of all, my kids will be homeschooled. I want to continue to live an interesting and adventurous life for two reasons. One, just so we can all enjoy as a family together learning together you know part of homeschooling is that the the parents also continue learning you're modeling you're showing your kids that learning is lifelong right you're learning along with them that's one of the cool things about homeschooling that makes it so great it's not just you're teaching them like school don't copy the school methods at home with your kids I mean that sucks that you're not really it's still much better to teach your own kids but you don't have to follow that school method. You can, of course, some things you need just to teach them. You need to teach them to read. You need to teach them some basic math stuff. But you can also just do a lot of exploring and learning together. Together. Your child's interested in bugs. Maybe you know nothing about bugs. Well, so you say, let's learn about them together. Let's both learn about it. Or let's all learn about it as a family. And then you're all researching and reading and talking about it. It's so, it's amazing. So this is the, one of the things about homeschooling. I think some parents are afraid because they think, oh, they don't know enough. Oh, well, I'm a parent. I don't know enough. I'm not good enough at math. I'm not good enough at reading. I'm not good enough at something. I don't know enough about science. Well, so what? Learn. Learn with your child at the same time. You don't have to be the big, big expert. In fact, I think it's even better. I think it's even better when you learn together because what a great, great example you show your children when you as an adult are saying, I don't know, but I, let's find out. Let's learn. And you're showing them, look, you, I'm your parent. I'm an adult, but still... I don't this I can learn also and this is how you do it this is how you learn independently we go to the library we can find books we read we study we go out into the world and we observe and look at things and we talk to other people who are experts right then number one you're showing a great example to your child and number two, it creates such a stronger connection with your child because then you're not just always the big boss telling them what to do and learn this, do this. Instead, it's you're like a team together. Yes, you're the leader. Of course, you're always the leader. But it's more of a cooperative feeling of, oh, we're all as a family learning these cool things and exploring. And so with my own children, I'll be doing that. And part of that will be travel. Like as we learn about, let's say Rome, we'll definitely be studying Greece and Rome, ancient Greece and ancient Rome. We'll be studying ancient India for sure. And Japan, of course, and America. Well, these are kind of the uh, strongest connections to our family, our family heritage, right? Our families. Uh, culture and religion and etc. History. So we'll be visiting these places eventually. And I want to set the tone right away because uh, I know some families like uh, my own family for example um, they use children as an excuse to stop living. They use children as an excuse to become 
you know, super, super um, afraid of everything. Like, oh, we can't travel because we have kids. Oh, we can't do an adventure because we have kids. Oh, we can't do this because of kids. One second, noise coming. You know, they... We can't go on a great family vacation because the kids are in school. Oh no, the school year. Oh no. And so they deny their children and themselves amazing experiences, real life experiences. And they just stay stuck doing the same thing all the time. Well, I don't want to do that. And so early, in my children's life, really before they'll remember, of course, but still, really it's more for my wife and I, I want to set the tone that we as a family are going to explore, we're going to learn together, we're going to explore together, we're not going to be fearful, we will not use the children as an excuse to avoid interesting trips and adventures. You know, I know I've read so many interesting blogs and stories from parents, f- families that have done amazing things. You know, there was one family, they got a sailboat and they sailed around the world together. They had three children, like young children, elementary school age, and they just lived on a sailboat and for, I think it took them several years, and they just sailed around and of course they visited different countries. And the kids learned so many great experiences. Of course, they learned about each place they visited. But probably more importantly, they learned to be responsible because they had to help on the, sh- on the uh, boat, on the sailboat, right? They had to help clean it. They had to help with the sails. They had to help maintain and they were like the crew, right? They were part of the crew. So again, you know, we, with kids nowadays, kids are how to say it we kind of we spoil them we spoil them and we shelter them too much where we don't give kids any responsibility right they they have no responsibility to make decisions to do work to do real work that's important instead we want them to just constantly live in little you know kid land watching little kid movies and just and and the only responsibility they have in the modern world usually often not all usually but often is uh school which is a bunch of abstract nonsense but yes of course kids need noisy again sorry guys sorry sorry of course of course of course children need playtime lots of it and uh, part of that is exploration time just to like run around outdoors and look at things and study them like bugs and plants and animals and nature and whatever they need lots of that but they also do at a pretty young age they need and they can handle responsibility starting small so for example maybe you teach one of your children how to clean the toilet and that becomes their job 
Well, a small child can handle that. You can teach them that. Or if they're really little, you know, something even less. In fact, when they're really little, you can give them jobs. Even they can't really do the job much, you help them do the job. But they get an important message. And the important message is they are part of the family. The important message is that, you know, they can also contribute. They can also contribute by doing something helpful or meaningful in your home. They're part of the family. They're not just a little king or princess, and you're not the servant. Right? Which is often the mindset with kids these days. Instead, you start at the very youngest age that, no, 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 we are a family, we are a team, and we all contribute. And mom and dad are the leaders, of course, of the team, but all the kids also help. All the kids can get more and more responsibility. You know, you can get them to help you make food when you're cooking dinner and get them to do little jobs. To uh, They can, uh, you know, help clean dishes a little bit. There's all kinds of little things you can do to start giving, creating this mindset of contribution and team. And really, it makes a stronger family. It makes a stronger family. A spoiled child who doesn't contribute. You know, on one hand, they, they feel like the little king or queen or little prince or princess. But on the other hand, they also feel kind of separate. Like, they're not important. They're not good enough to help. They're too young, too foolish to do anything useful. That's a bad message to send them. And it's not true. You'll be surprised at what children can handle at a fairly young age. So anyway, this family that sailed around the world, the kids were doing real work helping out on the, on the boat, you know, according to their age, what they could handle. But anyway, the blog, I can't remember the name, unfortunately, but it just sounded amazing. And then I just read another one last night, another, this woman, she's actually a, I think she's a divorced mom, but it's just her raising her kids. She's got three kids. And what does she call it? Ah, World, World School, I think is the name of her blog. And with her kids, they travel around the world. She does homeschooling, but she includes a lot of travel. So they go and they live in, let's say they go to Greece and they'll live a few months in Greece or longer. And then while they're there, they'll study, you know, ancient Greek history and culture and everything. And they've also had great experiences and done well. It really brings their family together. So anyway, this is the kind of life I've lived up to now. I've always enjoyed it. Uh, and, you know, truthfully, for just myself, I was getting a little tired of traveling a lot, which is, I've taken a break. I haven't traveled much for a while. I t I've done a few trips. My last big trip was the Camino de Santiago, 2015. But for me, you know, I've seen the world. I'm pretty much a very experienced traveler now. But, and my wife, my wife is the same. She also has uh, traveled, traveled, and lived lived in other countries, and you know, kind of the same idea. However, I find now that with the children. I'm suddenly getting very excited about traveling again and even returning to some of my favorite places because now, of course, when you have children, then you can re-experience. Number one, you can re-experience things in your life 
through their eyes with them, sharing it with them, teaching them, and it, it's, uh, you know, it's magical. It's magical to do that even without children. Like, I remember traveling to Nepal with my cousin Philip, who was college age at that time, and I'd been to Nepal before, but doing it with him, it was just, it was really fun to experience Nepal with him and to see his reactions and to see him for the first time, you know, in this amazing country. It made the whole experience, you know, so much deeper and more fun for me. And so it's kind of the same idea with children. It's like uh, now for me to return to some of these countries and of course also to experience new things together with them. It's, it's uh, very exciting, very exciting. So this is, you know, we have the benefit, my family, we can travel a lot. So as we do homeschooling, I certainly plan to incorporate, meaning to use, um, travel. So when we learn about ancient Greece, maybe we'll learn about it first and read about it and the stories, and then we'll go to Greece. And let's see some of these places. And the same with Rome and other countries, and of course India, and and we live in Japan, so easy for us to visit famous places here in Japan. In fact, we live in a pretty famous place already, so. So this is the vision I have for our family. Number one, it's great for education. Number two, it's just, you know, fun. Like I said, I do not want to become just used too safe and boring like an old dad and afraid to go anywhere afraid to do anything so I feel I need to set the tone early right when they're young when they're young we're gonna go off and do an adventure and so what I've been thinking of recently is what can we do probably we have to wait another year or two for the babies to get nice and strong once we know the babies both babies especially our boy has recovered and he's fully strong and healthy and they can both handle it then I want to do a pilgrimage I'm thinking of maybe doing the Camino de Santiago again but with our children this time and with my wife first time I did the Camino I did it with my uh, very good friend uh, Joe who some of you know from learnrealenglish.com Joe he, Joe's my Camino brother always will be But I think I'm doing the Camino de Santiago and we do it as a family and that we already we decide now that we're doing it and we set the tone early that hey even though we have young children even though it will be more difficult we're gonna do it we're gonna do this big challenge with our small children and mostly prove to ourselves show ourselves my wife and I that hey yes we can still do this we just have to be, you know we have to do a little more planning a little more thinking but it can be done and then we overcome any nervousness about that we overcome any worries or fear then we have the experience and then after that those kinds of trips will be you know we'll be fearless about them now one of the great challenges is when we do this the babies will be too young obviously they cannot walk <laughs> five hours a day across Spain for a month. That means I have to figure out a way to carry them or push them. It'll probably be a combination of both. I have been researching um, 
doing the Camino with children. And luckily, not surprisingly, there are people who have done this. There are people who have done this with children of all different ages. Uh, it seems like the common way a lot of people do, they use a stroller. It's like, you know, like a, with wheels. They have special ones for hiking and for mountain bikes for children where you can pull or push them. Um, so that's probably it. Although, because I know the Camino, I know there are a few sections where I don't think that would work when you're growing up the mountains, specifically. Up and down a few mountains, like in Galicia, certainly the Pyrenees, um, where you could not use something like that, I don't think. Which means I would have to carry them on my back. And probably I would have to carry both, because my wife's quite small. And uh, I, I'm not sure she could handle that. <laughs> and thus, I come to the point of my training, of ruck training. This means I will have to train to be able to carry, let's say, 25 kilos, 25 kilograms, for five hours, six hours, seven hours, walking up and down a mountain. Not easy, <laughs> but it can be done. It can be done. There are military guys who, who do this. There are military guys who do this with heavier backpacks, with uh, 30 kilograms, 35 kilograms. That's extreme, but there are guys who do it. The key to this kind of thing is very gradual training. So my plan is, since we'll do this, I'm thinking maybe two years from now, so I've got about two years to train, that I will continue doing my walking, my rucking training like I am now. And each month, I'll add about two kilograms to my backpack. So each month, two kilograms. After 10 months, that's 20 kilograms, right? So over the course of two years, over two years time, I can build that weight up higher and higher and higher. Of course, I'll also be carrying my babies. Right now, just one. When the boy is healthy enough, I'll carry him too. And of course, they're going to be growing during that time. So that will also gradually, very gradually each month, add to the weight I'm carrying. And so step by step, little by little, I'll train for this. When we get closer to doing the Camino, I'll, of course, I'll buy a stroller and then I'll have to train that too because that's a little bit different muscles to use to push, push them instead of carrying them. But I'm going to have to prepare for both, both pushing and carrying. I think most of the Camino, I can push them. Most of it, I can push them. Um, the middle part is the meseta, very flat, that's no problem. The beginning, we might skip the Pyrenees and start in Spain and like in Roncevalles or something, uh, skip the first day, then we would avoid that big mountain range. But anyway, these are details, and you can. The, the key thing is, if when you once you have the mindset that you're going to do something, then you will find a way. Too many people at the beginning they focus on all the challenges, right? They go, oh, "What about this? What about this? Oh, the mountains. What about this?" Uh, and they they don't. Then they just get the mindset immediately. They can't do it. Oh, it's impossible. But what you have to do is first commit. First you commit, and then you find a way. Right? First we commit. We're doing it. It's not a question. I know, I, I know we can do it. I know we can do it. 
I don't know exactly how <laughs> yet, but I know we can. So you commit first, I'm doing it. Then you f start to deal with each problem, each challenge, one by one. You solve them. This is the mindset to have. Now, unfortunately, it's not a uh, common mindset, as I have discovered with my own family. See, I had the idea that, well, if I'm taking the children, wouldn't it be great, wouldn't it be nice for this, to do this Camino as a, as a kind of family experience, you know, like an amazing pilgrimage, an amazing experience for not only me and my wife and my children, but some of my extended family. Like I could invite them to join us. And we have two years, so they have plenty of time to train and get in shape and lose fat, everything they would need to do. Wouldn't it be great to do that with them? So then, you know, maybe my mom or my dad could join us or my sister. And my sister has a, uh, she has a several kids, but she's got one who'll be a teenager. And I know that this teenager would love, love, love the Camino. It would be an amazing experience for her. And I've got an aunt I'm very close to. And she's younger. This is a, my youngest aunt, who's very close to my age, actually. And uh, I know she would love it. So I've I invited them all to join me. And see, they have this opposite mindset. Not all of them, but most of them. And immediately they just start thinking of all the problems. Oh, what about this? Oh, what about this? Oh, I'm not, I'm kind of overweight. I'm, I couldn't do it right now. Oh, my child will be in school. She'd have to miss a month of school. Oh, and they just start thinking of excuses, focusing on all the possible problems. And immediately from the beginning, convincing themselves it's impossible, which of course is not. I'm in a mall right now walking, guys. That's why you hear some noise. I'll go outside and finish this and then come back in. But you see the difference in mindset. Because they immediately focus on the negative, they immediately focus on all the problems, all the reasons it can't be done. They convince themselves right away. It's just a fear. It's just fear. It's a fear mindset. See, I have, a, I have an adventure mindset about it. I have a positive, adventurous mindset about it. I mean, we face the same problems. I, in fact, my problems to do this adventure, my challenges, our challenges, my wife and I, are much bigger than theirs. Much bigger. We've got to figure out how to take two toddlers, two small children, maybe two-year-olds, on a month-long walk across Spain. That's challenging. I've got to figure out how to get in good enough fitness shape to push them and carry them. Well, there's lots of things we've got to figure out. My family members that I have invited, on the other hand, um, don't have to figure out half of that stuff. It would be much easier for them. They have two years. So like, for example, they mentioned the problem of fitness. Well, lose weight, get in shape. Two years is plenty of time. In fact, it would be a great goal, right? It'd be such a wonderful goal to motivate, to provide motivation for 
getting in great shape. But we shall see. I was a little frustrated that nobody said yes. <laughs> I did get a couple maybes, so we'll see. I hope I can keep trying to convince them, persuade them, because it would, wouldn't it be wonderful for, for this to be a, a, like a big family trip together? I think it'd be great. I think it would be fantastic. But we'll see, you know. But it's just a good life lesson, I think, of... Look, when you have an opportunity, when an opportunity comes to you to do something amazing, just say yes, commit, and then figure out the details. Then figure out the problems. But you've already decided you're doing it. This is powerful. It's a powerful mindset. And then you will find the solutions. You figure it out. You will. Don't focus on the problems first. Now, for example, the first time I did the Camino, my friend Joe, I'd already known about it and thought about it. My friend Joe emailed me and said, hey, do you want to do the Camino? I immediately said yes. I think I responded in about 10 seconds. I sent him a reply back. Yes, let's do it. Boom. We decided. Commitment. And then we had to figure out how. <laughs> then we had to figure out the details. When are we going to go? Um, how do I get in good shape to do this? Uh, what am I going to carry? What about Spanish? You know, all these things. So yeah, I'm a bit disappointed. It's just, uh, some of you have mentioned how hard it can be to, you know, red pill people. And often it's the people closest to us that are the hardest to red pill, like our own families. Like I just thought, I, I was expecting a little more enthusiasm from at least somebody in my family. And instead, they're all just kind of stuck doing the same things and like this immediate fear and worry reaction that's their first reaction to you know an amazing new experience yeah I didn't I, I I don't mind if some of them just can't do it maybe they're busy maybe they don't have money whatever but it's just more the mindset of fear and this kind of uh, let's say conservative, overly conservative mindset of uh, afraid of doing something new and different and unknown. What a shame. What a shame. It would be so amazing. It would be so amazing. Such an amazing experience for them and for all of us. You know, you, you, you got to live life. You got to live life. And these kind of real life experiences are gold. Especially compared to what? Just the same old bullshit at schools? You know, oh my god, a teenage girl misses one month of school. The same old lectures and boring bullshit. And instead gets to travel around Spain for over a month doing a historical pilgrimage that's over 1,200 years old. Learning about Spanish history, Spanish culture directly right there. Spanish architecture. Uh, in fact, I think she plans to take Spanish, the language, in school while she can be right there in Spain learning and practicing and using Spanish in real-world situations with real Spanish people, trying Spanish food. I mean, good Lord, that's better than any, any stupid class in a typical American high school. It's worth five years of that. So... I'm not saying this to criticize them because they're actually a maybe, so I'm hoping they will do it. I'm really just talking about this just for you to just 
to realize that those real world magical experiences are far, 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 far more important than your stinking job or school. Okay? Find a way to get away from your job for a few weeks. Find a way to get out of the school system, to homeschool, and live. 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 And commit to these kinds of things. Commit. And maybe for you it's not this kind of travel. I understand. It's not for everyone. But there's something I know that you're passionate about that inspires you. Some kinds of life experiences maybe you have thought about. You haven't done them yet. You've used kind of excuses. Well, you know what? The way you do them is you commit. You just decide, that's it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I don't know how I'm doing it. I don't have any money. I, I don't have the time. I have no idea. But... I'm doing it. I've decided. Now I have to figure it out. And by the way, in terms of money, I did this the very first trip I took. The very first time I left America, I went to India. I was in grad school at the time. I was poor, poor, poor. And I decided, I'm traveling. I'm going abroad. I'm taking a trip. I'm sick of all this school stuff I need during the summer, my summer break. I'm going somewhere. I don't know how. At that time when I made the decision, I didn't know how. So I just decided I'm going. I didn't know where. So first I decided. First you decide. First you commit. I'm going abroad this summer. Then you have to figure it out. And then I had to start asking questions. Well, where am I going to go? How can I, how can I get enough money? What am I going to do? And so, I just happened to meet someone, an another friend who had been to India, and he told me amazing stories. And I thought, this is the place. This is where I'm going. And of course, too, India was a much cheaper place to travel, especially then. So that helped with my money situation. So I decided I'm going to India. I'm going to India. I bought a, a Indian guidebook, a guidebook to India. And I started reading it and getting excited and picking out the different places I wanted to visit. And then I had to figure out the money and I figured it out. You know, I found a way to make some more money. I got a little bit of extra uh, student aid. <laughs> and I, instead of using it for school, I used it for my trip. Um, and then I, as soon as I had enough money, I bought the plane ticket as soon as I could. As soon as I had money, I bought the plane ticket immediately. Then I was committed fully. And then I went. And it was amazing. It was amazing. And again, when I made the decision, I had no idea how I was going to do it. I didn't know. It seemed almost impossible at the time. It definitely seemed a little scary. But it was a tremendous experience that completely changed my life. So this is what you got to do. You got to just decide. It's the same. Let's say you're fat. Let's say you're fat. Maybe you're fat and your, your, your health sucks and you're weak. You know what a great way to get into shape is? Instead of just saying, I'm going to lose weight, which is a, it's a little boring. <laughs> I don't think really anyone gets too excited about just losing fat. I mean, it's great to do it. It's not very inspiring. What if instead you just decided, I'm going to run a marathon in two years? Two years. Or one year. Depends on how fat you are. 
but I'm going to run a marathon or I'm going to do some amazing trip like the Camino. Or you're going to do something difficult physically that, that would require you, that would absolutely require you to lose the fat, right? And then you just decide. You just decide. You have no idea how to do it. You don't know how you're going to train. You don't know how to change your food. You have no idea what to do. You just decide. I'm running a marathon in two years. I'm running. And you pick an, a specific marathon. The London Marathon. The whatever. The Rock and Roll Marathon in San Diego. The Hawaii Marathon. Whatever it is. doesn't matter. You pick it. You pick the date. You commit. You say, I'm doing it. This just energizes your mind. Your mind will become so much more creative. Then you will start thinking about how. Well, how do I do it now? Holy crap, I've got two years. How do I do it? I gotta, I gotta change my eating and I've gotta figure out a way to run 26 miles. And so, you know, you start looking at reading on the internet. You get books. Right, you maybe Maybe you get Jeff Galloway's book on running, one of his books. And then you start looking into, maybe you look into fasting as a way to lose fat faster. Maybe you decide you need to do a little weightlifting or do some body weight like Anthony was talking about. Get your muscles a little bit stronger and overall tougher. You change the way you eat. You go, maybe you go low carb or you go paleo or whatever. You just start doing things and you will get there. You'll do it. The commitment energizes you. When you just decide, I am doing something, I will not quit. I absolutely, 100% am doing it. Even though I have no idea how. I have no idea how to do it, but I'm going to do it. That energizes you. It awakens your creativity. It awakens your motivation. It awakens your energy. It awakens your power. That's why I say commit, don't quit. Commit. The commitment comes first. Figuring out how comes later. Commitment's the first step. Too many people try this backwards. Too many people think, well, uh, I can't decide yet because I don't, I don't know how. I don't know how I have the money or have the time or I don't know how to do it. or uh, It seems difficult. It's unknown. I, ca I can't commit yet until I have all the information. No, that's just an excuse. That's weak. That's weak. That destroys motivation. When you try to do that first, you will almost always be a wimp and you'll decide not to do it because you'll just find all the little excuses of why it can't be done and why you can't figure it out. It's weak. You have to do the opposite. You've got to commit first, 100%. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I'm doing it. I have no idea how. I have no idea when. <laughs> but I'm doing it. And then the next step is choose when. <laughs> After you decide you are doing it, then think of a schedule. Just like I'm doing now, right? I've decided we're doing the Camino with the kids. We're doing it. I don't know exactly how. We're going to do it anyway. And then next, I'm like, okay, well, when? Well, I can't say exactly because it depends on my children's health. But I think probably about two years from now. So boom, now I have a general time. Now I figure out how. Now we've got to figure out all the little details. And we will, and we will, and we will. 
and so will you. So commit, 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 don't quit is very powerful. Anything in your life, choose something amazing, choose something you've always wanted to do, you've dreamed about, damn it, stop thinking about it and just commit, decide you're doing it. You'll figure the rest out, I promise you. All right, I'm gonna go now. Lots of love to you, I'll be doing a show tonight. I'll do a vocabulary show. Teaching some of the vocab that Anthony used, Anthony Arvanitakis used in the interview about body weight muscle. Until then, as always, join my VIP program. Commit, don't quit to my VIP program at EffortlessEnglishClub.com EffortlessEnglishClub.com